As always, your host for the Ocala Arts and Entertainment Podcast, Sean Thomas, we kick things off with a smile. <laughs> I am hanging out here with the great Barbara Five. And let me tell you, this space that this beautiful lady was able to achieve is magnificent when you walk in you feel as though you left planet earth at some point because of how it's decorated and i think mostly uh, the reason why you feel that way is because of her spirit you know um it's always nice to meet people who wear a certain kind of spirit and Barbara is a spirit that you would love to be next to. Welcome to Ocala Arts and Entertainment Podcast, Barbara. Thank you so much, Sean. It's a pleasure to be here. And thank you for the kind words. <laughs> I appreciate it. The thing is, um, I'm liking your story because um, at age seven, my dad said to my brother and I, go change your clothes and the minute he said that we knew we were going to the pan yard where he created all these steel pan instruments and he's going to now have us learn to play so our educational journey from him started then so i'm loving that um side of you being someone most of your life centered around education and steering people in the right direction. So tell us, Barbara, um, what prompted you to want to be an yeah. educator? I, I don't really know, Sean. I wanted right. to be a teacher from the time I was just a very young girl. Okay. You know, playing okay. school, it was just something that I did. And I always wanted to be a teacher, and I was an educator through my entire career. I had uh, started out as an elementary teacher for a few years. Right. I did a very short stint as a middle school teacher at one point. Mm -hmm. And most of my career, I was a high school teacher teaching chemistry and physics and other sciences. And also, the entire time, I was interested also in the emerging technology. Wow. Uh, which goes way back to when they were first starting all of this. Um, so that was very exciting. I incorporated it into my own classes that I was teaching mm -hmm. and went mm -hmm. on to focus that um, on that. Uh, actually worked as kind of director of our district technology at the okay. end of my career, helping other teachers include this emerging technology wow. into their classes. So um, I just never stopped being a teacher. It's something mm. that I love and always cared about. Right. Um, but then, of course, along with all the sciences, which is what I specialized in as a teacher, Right. I was always interested in art. You know, when I was a little kid, I was always drawing and scribbling and painting and making things. You know, mm -hmm, back then mm -hmm. we didn't have all these things. You created it out of what you had on hand. Right. Know? And so I think we became quite creative that way. Right. Um, 
So that was all fun, and I continued enjoying making all kinds of art, painting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, In high mm -hmm. school, I learned calligraphy, and that became a lifelong passion for me. Okay, so is there someone in your family that might have been a teacher when you were growing up for you to maybe see that or hear of it, and that might have... Mm -hmm started off your mind, you know? I, I think it was just the influence of the teachers that I had that okay. made me want to take on that role. I see. Because yes. no one in my family had been a teacher. Okay, yes. Yeah. And some, some teachers yeah, can some, do yeah. that, you know, they... Yeah. And, right, and some families have a tradition, you know, yes. it, it goes down, oh, my grandmother was a teacher. Uh, that was not true for me. Right, right. I... I find it interesting to hear you talk about the emerging technology that... So, give us a little more insight there. What kind of uh, scientific stuff you all were approaching or getting involved in? Um, well, I'm not sure where you're going with that, Sean, but yeah, when I first started, you know, because this was pretty far back. Yes. Um, yes. I mean, in, in college, we were still using the old, um, oh, those enormous calculators that spit out the papers. Okay, uh, I We see. became very proficient using a slide rule. Right. And you had the best slide rule, and you could really read this out. So, I still have so, mine. Uh, but and it's then, a, you said a slide? Slide rule, it was called. Right? Okay. You did all your calculations on slide rule. Okay, uh, wow. So, so we're, we're talking about, and at the very beginning, and this really doesn't have anything to do with Chelsea, it's just a little bit of history. Right. Um, we started, they had computer technology where you, there were these enormous mainframes, enormous that had to have cooling systems below them. Mm. They didn't have the power of a little calculator that you've got now. Today, of course. Right. But in college, where I was starting out, we had a little machine that did punch cards. And one line of computer code was on each punch card. And we would mail those to the center in Rochester, Minnesota. I was at that time going to a school, a college in Minnesota. Right. And we would mail those to Rochester where they would then run them through, run your little stack of cards through that mainframe. And if it worked, you got back the results. And if it didn't, you had to redo your stack of punch cards. Wow. And that took another week. <laughs> and so it was really backward compared to what we, to do, what we do today. So, you know, very, very rudimentary. But, you know, I was there when that started. And I wow. still remember the excitement when I was working on my doctorate at, at the University of Michigan. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, the first time they announced the implementation of the World Wide Web. Mm. That was an enormous change because... We were working in code at that time. Right. Everything had to be input. There was no, uh, nothing like the World Wide Web. Yes. Um, so it, it was a whole different world back then. It's changed enormously. So, so Barbara, I'm hearing you saying that, so you would be one of the first 
set of generation to do coding? I don't know that I was the first because this was, well, it was back in the 70s. Right. So, so it was still fairly a new thing. Yeah, because... But, but we did learn the, the original languages, yes. computer languages, and we learned um, your binary code mm. for, for programming. So I had been through all of that, and it was very interesting. I couldn't do it today. Right, it's right. Too long ago. So because all of that, I, I'm thinking, is going to lead up to us now having computers and laptops and oh, it's all just of the, the, the right. full nine. What we have today, you know, you know, it's just so different. And it's wonderful. It's a wonderful when they work. Yes. They still course. can be frustrating. Oh, yes. But oh, yes. they're so much better and faster than anything that we had. And it's, uh, it's just amazing what we've seen in our lifetime and yes. how it's changed. Mm -hmm. So education and teaching is your main, you know, journey. You are mm -hmm. doing that. Um, mm -hmm. And then at some point, you're going to step into art a little more and you want to find a space for you to know. So, um, mm -hmm. you said so, after you retired, you got more involved with art because it was something you did when I when I retired then I had time you know what I what was I going to do right so my goal I, in retirement was to pursue more art right uh, one of my gifts at retirement my school district gave me some money mm. to go and purchase art supplies which I immediately did right moved uh, the last day of school came down here to Florida I already had a home here with my husband right and joined an art guild. I was living in Newport Ritchie at the time. And so that, that was marvelous. Mm -hmm. I was painting and doing things and uh, really enjoying it. And then we came to Ocala right. 20 years ago. So I've been here all that time. I have been active with the Appleton Museum. I took a class at the Appleton. Uh, where they had East Meets West calligraphy okay. with Ted Mayhall and his wife Yolanda. Mm. They introduced me to a calligraphy group that was meeting in Citrus Springs. And so I was with them for about 10 years. Wow. Um, it was a small group, but it was a way that I could get back into doing calligraphy that I also loved. Yes. And I was wishing that we had a guild here in Ocala. Mm. I was traveling all the way over there to Citrus Springs right. to, to enjoy that with them. And I thought, Ocala is bigger. Certainly there would be some interest here. And it was just serendipitous that one day coming out of the Appleton, I met a young woman, Allison Clement, mm -hmm. who had mm -hmm. just finished giving a, a little class at the Appleton right. about calligraphy. And she was one, they were inviting her, or they were inviting her to do another one. And I hadn't, I didn't know her, right. but we met there and talked about it. And I gave her a few little, uh, tips about because she said oh I'm not a teacher right and we we talked about that and I said I wish that we had something here in Ocala mm. well that was the beginning that was the seed yes and then we got a small group together 
and we started the Ocala Calligraphy Guild eight years ago. This is our eighth season now. Oh. Well, that all by way of we needed a place to meet. Of course. We met at the Appleton. Things changed at the Appleton. We couldn't afford to meet there anymore. Right. And began meeting at the library. But at the library, you're limited with what you can do yes. in that facility. So for a number of years, I had my eye open looking. Mm. I also was a member of Ocala Art Group, yes. which experienced the same sort of problems with holding their meetings, having classes, workshops, mm -hmm. and everything mm -hmm. else that you want to do yes. with a group. Um, so I was not successful in finding anything. Then, as I, I have said, I. My friends opened up CC Fine Arts Gallery here in Chelsea Square. Right. I've been to Chelsea Square. I've been to the Peacock Cottage next door. I've been to the coffee shop. Everybody loves the coffee shop. Right. We're only two minutes from the Appleton Museum here. So I passed it all the time. Oh. I okay. never considered it as a place to have a spot to mm. meet. But that time that I came for their opening, I noticed a lease sign on this space. Okay. And so I pursued it. I thought, let's look into this. Yes. My friends that I invited to look at it, there were some that said, oh, this is exciting, although mm -hmm. this place was really in bad shape. Okay. <laughs> it had okay. been it, it had been a steakhouse, it was Dooley's Bar and Grill for many, many years. Oh. It had been a smoking lounge, uh, another lounge. And then it had been, most recently, Legends Vintage Goods. Okay. So a lot of people remember it being filled, being very dingy, mm. with filled with antiques. Um, so it needed, it some, needed work. some work yeah. and some cleaning. Yeah. And uh, so I had support from my friends and hmm. started it. Took us wow. close to a year to get it together. To get it to a point where we could get it open. Mm. Yeah. But the whole purpose of this was, I thought, although we have a lot of places here in Ocala, we have a lot of galleries. Yes. Some of these galleries do offer occasional classes. The Appleton has classes. They have actually, I think, cut down on their educational space. They have an education wing. Right. But they have taken off some of that for office space. Right. And so, although they have wonderful programs there, mm -hmm. I thought that we could supplement what they're doing yeah. by adding more. Mm -hmm. So I only hoped, in order to make a space where these other groups could also meet right. and hold their classes and workshops and, and activities, events, that in addition to that, we were going to have to have classes here for other groups, mm. uh, just you know, wide open. And as an educator, I was comfortable with going in that direction. Yes. I also had the technology background that we could easily have the modern uh, conveniences of putting it on, a, you know, projecting some things when necessary. Right. And doing some Zoom classes. Our calligraphy classes are on Zoom primarily because we have a membership 
all over the United States and three mm. foreign countries now. Wow, that's great. That's great, and it happened only because of COVID. We went online immediately when we were all isolated so that we could continue with the Guild. Mm -hmm. And as a result, it just expanded. 